Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. We are not professionals. We are shepherds. We're not hirelings. We're not in it for us. We're in it for others. You know, even in COVID-19, there are people who just said, well, we're just going to close our church till 2021 or whenever. No, you, you know, you got to find ways to minister. But that's what's going on here. Jesus is warning about the wrong kinds of shepherds with the wrong kinds of motives. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every giant will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Well, hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we are continuing with Pastor Keith's series entitled Church Matters. So if you have your Bibles... Please turn with us today to the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 5. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Therefore, you have got to choose the right kind of leader because of the cost of collateral damage. You know, in military operations, we have collateral damage. That's when a bomb goes off and kills the bad people, but the shrapnel radiates outward through a kill zone and wounds other people. Unintended. There are unintended consequences of every choice and decision that we make. And the sins of others talks about what happens when you choose the wrong man for the wrong reason in the wrong way. He is going to sin. You're going to be accountable for that sin. Others are going to be caused to stumble. Maybe he is a, a loud mouth. Maybe he's a bit of a brute. Maybe he's a hothead. Maybe he's a lover of money. Maybe he drinks too much. And others are going to stumble. And those who were involved in the selection of that man are culpable for the collateral damage of his conduct. This is a weighty, weighty, weighty choice. And we know from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 and forward, there are those who have an unhealthy interest in myths and endless genealogies and harbingers and all kinds of crazy things and they will lead others astray by not keeping the main thing the main thing keep yourselves as you make these choices free from sin costs vary costs are grave there is direct damage to our individual and collective witness there is damage to our worship. There is damage to the, na- the good name and witness of the church and the good name of Jesus Christ. 
And that's why we are commanded not to be hasty, to say not so fast, to take it good and slow. Let me give you a, a, a poster child for the wrong decision that God made somewhere, somehow. And that poster child is a name well known to all of us, right on the tips of our tongues, no doubt, Diotrephes. Maybe not. But he is a poster child for choosing the wrong man. Where do we find him? Third John. Third John 9 and 10. Who is this guy? Well, Paul is writing to Timothy. After Timothy leaves, Apollos is going to come and pastor the church. And after Apollos leaves, John, the author of the Gospel of John, the author of Revelation, and the author of the Johannine epistles, 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, is going to come and he's going to pastor. He's going to be the elder there. And then Diotrephes is going to show up at some point thereafter, shortly before Shortly around between 90 and 100 A.D. And look what John, the beloved apostle, says in 3 John 9 through 10. I have written the church, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, who does not acknowledge, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing talking wicked nonsense against us, resisting the apostolic ministry. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want, who want to and puts them out of the church. This guy is impeding ministry. This guy is causing all sorts of trouble. He's on a power trip. He's harmed. This is the church at Ephesus. First, second, and third John is written at the church of Ephesus. First and second Timothy written to the church of Ephesus. And he's writing about this man who's not listening to what John has to say. Who's not, when a, when a missionary comes through, he doesn't want anybody to help them. And he puts people out of the church. He, he pulls that church discipline maneuver a little too hasty. And he's harming the church and its ministry. And all this is at a critical time in the history of the church of Ephesus and also in the history of the fledgling infant Christian church. And this is a strategic church in a strategic location at a strategic time. And somehow this guy got through the process and is in the process of derailing things. And when you read the letter of the seven churches, you see that you know, he might have had kind of a long-lasting effect on the church at Ephesus. So we are not to be hasty and share in the sins of others. We need to keep ourselves free from sin by not choosing the wrong kind of man. Paul warned the Ephesian elders in Acts about this very thing. In Acts chapter 20, verses 28 to 31, he warned them then and there and all of us here and now about how serious the business of ordaining elders is. Look what he says here in Acts 20, 28 to 31. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. Verse 29. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you. So there are outsiders who are going to attack the church, not sparing the flock. There'll be an outside threat. There'll also be an inside threat. 
Verse 30. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things, no doubt interested in myths and endless genealogies, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. People would arise from within. This was prophetic almost because Diotrephes showed up in 3 John 9 through 10. Because people had already troubled the church, right? In 1 Timothy 3 and forward by teaching different doctrines. You see, choosing the wrong elders has catastrophic results in the life of a church. And the church may not flip on a dime and the church may not deny that Jesus is Lord or things like that, but they be- it begins to wander. It begins to lose steam, begins to bleed out maybe, be- becomes lukewarm or loses its first love. And so having the right shepherds, the importance of that cannot be, cannot be overstated. In fact, John, in John 10, Jesus himself talks about the right kind and wrong kind of shepherd. He's talking about himself and he's using himself as an example in the I am the good shepherd passage. John chapter 10 verses 11 through 13, the characterization and the comparison and contrast of good and bad shepherds. He says this in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. It's not about money. It's not about control. It's not about prestige. It's about others. Look at the contrast, verse 12. But he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, he who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. John 10, 11 through 13. I kind of alluded to this before and in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Leave Your Church, we talk about there are people who are professionals. You know, John Piper years ago wrote a book called Brothers, We Are Not Professionals. And while I don't agree with everything that John Piper says, I agree with him on that for sure. We are not professionals. We are shepherds. We're not hirelings. We're not in it for us. We're in it for others. You know, even in COVID-19, there are People who just said, well, we're just going to close our church till 2021 or whenever. No, you, you know, you got to find ways to minister. But that's what's going on here. Jesus is warning about the wrong kinds of shepherds with the wrong kinds of motives. And that's why Paul says in Acts, I know that after my departure, fearless wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among you, not just from the outside, from the inside, from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw people away after them. We've got to be careful. We have to keep ourselves pure, free from sin, free from partiality, free from prejudging. We have to scrutinize. We have to examine. We have to question. We have to be careful because the one who knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it, as James says, is in sin. So we count the costs. We consider the costs to appointing the wrong man, to the cost to the wrong man, the cost to the flock, the cost to our own credibility as leaders, the cost to the good name of Jesus Christ in the community. You know, when you have 
shepherds fighting amongst themselves, word gets out and travels fast. Which brings us to a third consideration, and that is godly counsel. Let's talk about the counsel. The command, don't be hasty, the cost, the sins of others, the counsel. Here's why we wait. Look at verses 24 and 25. Here is good advice, eternal, timely, timeless wisdom. The sins of others are conspicuous, going before them to judgment. But the sin of others appear later. So also good works are conspicuous, even those that are not, cannot remain hidden. I want you to see what's going on here. He's talking about going slow and taking your time and looking beneath the surface and giving God time to reveal the hearts of these individuals. The sins of some people are conspicuous, immediately obvious, going before them into judgment. There are people who appear to be Christians that aren't. You know, we know that from Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into my kingdom, but the one who does the will of my Father, characteristically. Many will say on that day, didn't we do great things in your name? And I'll say, depart from me. You workers of lawlessness, I never knew you. There are some people who are outwardly religious, but not inwardly transformed, saved. And and sometimes their sins are conspicuous, going before them into judgment. They're obvious. Others, the sins bubble to the surface later over time. That's why uh, in 1 Timothy 3, he's not to be a new convert. He's to be tried and true. And it's not just the bad things that, are, that will come to, come to the surface over time. But the good things. Look at verse 25. So also good works are conspicuous. And even those that are not conspicuous cannot remain hidden. We've got to take our time. We have to wait. We have to give God time to reveal to us. You know, there are some people <clears throat> who, are, who lead from out front. Great. There are some people who lead quietly, who serve peacefully, who, who really keep their head down. And you can see these right away, but you can't see those right away. But they're both equally precious and critical in God's sight as leaders. Everybody has different gifts, different wiring, different personalities. And we don't want to look or overlook anybody. I'm reminded... We can't cram for life. Character is built over time. Capability, skills are honed over time. Maturity requires the passage of time, spiritual maturity. And we live in this fast food age where you can cram for a a quiz, you can cram for an exam, you can even cram for a licensing or a board examination. But you can't cram for character. And somebody who's mostly qualified can't be or become qualified with on-the-job training. They must first be tested, watched, examined, evaluated. They have to be known quality, quantities, and they have to have known qualities. Even the proto-deacons in the book of Acts, you know, when they're selecting the first deacons to distribute the food, it says, choose men full of a spirit of wisdom, men of good reputation, men who are known to be reliable, filled with the Holy Spirit. Reputations aren't built overnight, although they can be, and particularly the reputation of a church destroyed overnight. 
Look at the counsel. We're to take this slow. Take this carefully. Take this seriously. You see that in verses 21 to 22. 1 Timothy 5, 21 to 22. Look at when he says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules. Do not be hasty in laying on of hands. God is watching. Christ is watching. The elect angels, another sermon for another time, are watching. We cannot be hasty. We cannot be hurried. Not so fast. And this is counsel that we cannot afford to ignore under any and all circumstances. And we have this counsel in writing, the revelation made more sure, the word of God, the written and scripturated word of God, written down for us, transmitted to us, a love letter from another world, preserved for us in English and in every language pretty much in the world. And this infinite wisdom tells us that the sins of some are conspicuous, they're obvious, going before them into judgment, people see them coming, but the sins of others appear later. They may be more nuanced. They may be concealed, hidden. And the good news is, so also, good works are conspicuous. We can see those. And even those that are not conspicuous cannot remain hidden because a light is not put light placed under a bed, but it's placed where it gives light to all who are in the room. And a humble, quiet, hardworking, spiritual man over time will stand out. Cream rises to the top. That is the counsel that we are given here. And that's why we're given such detailed instructions, the qualifications for an elder. In 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, and Titus 1, 5 through 9. Let me just read Titus because we've been talking about Timothy and we're trying to touch all the pastoral epistles. But in Titus, we read this. Titus 1, 5 through 9. This is why I left you in Crete, so that for the purpose of you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. And then you have the qualifications. Above reproach, the husband of one wife must be above reproach. He must not be, I'm in verse 7, he must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable. There goes Diotrephes. Lover of good, there goes Diotrephes. Self-controlled, upright, holy. Holy means unlike the world. Disciplined. You see that self-control and discipline, fruits of the Spirit. Peace, love, joy, kindness, self-control. Look at verse 9. This is why it's not for novices. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction and sound doctrine and also rebuke, some translations say refute, those who contradict it. It's quite a checklist. It's one not to be overlooked. We're not to be hasty and say, oh, well, five out of ten ain't bad. No, he counsels us to choose wisely and deliberately, so we must consider the command. Do not be hasty. We must count the cost in terms of the collateral damage, the sin of others, Our sin, the damage to the reputation of the church and the kingdom and the good name of Jesus Christ. And so we must heed the counsel. Watch. 
Their sins will become obvious. Take your time. No one can hide who they are. People are like tubes of toothpaste. What's inside comes out. When you put a squeeze on them, toothpaste comes out. They're like bags of tea. Put them in hot water, turn up the heat, and you get tea. The hot water didn't make the tea, it released the tea. And so by watching people live life in the context of the local church, we see who and how they are. And why is this important? Because lives and eternities and our witness is at stake. So what now and what next? What do we do with this? What is our application? Because I realize these are kind of technical-isk kind of sermons, but they're here in God's blueprint for the church. And church matters. Church matters matter to God. They must matter to us. We want to do God's business God's way. So, So what do you do with this? Here are four suggestions for application. If you want to be in leadership, think twice. Because we're going to scrutinize you. And I, I say that with a smile, and I say that with assurance. We're going we're to look closely. Two, if you're called, don't pass it up. If God is calling you to leadership, don't fall prey to false humility. Pray about it. And if a person is selected and you are asked to vote in a church business meeting, remember that it's not a popularity contest. Oh, okay, he's from my fellowship group or, you know, he's from my uh, small group or I know that, I like him. It's a character. It's a matter of character. Three, if we're voting and you don't know, don't vote. Abstain. Don't vote against him just because you don't know him. And four, as leaders and people, don't be hasty. Do not be hasty. Say yes if you're sure. Say no if you know something about them that is material. Remember we talked about not receiving an accusation against an elder without evidence, concrete evidence with at least two or three witnesses. It's not that you don't like them or you don't like the way they dress. And, and, and don't hesitate to choose. And don't hesitate to, if you're, on a, if you're on the leadership development team or a nominating committee, to say, you know what, not now. This person needs a little growth because we want to be careful. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourselves free from sin. The sins of others are conspicuous going before them to judgment, but the sins of others appear later. Some also, so also good works are conspicuous. Even those that are not conspicuous cannot remain hidden. This is a sovereign command to count the cost and wise counsel to be as careful as you can as you choose or participate in the selection process. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It is true. Sanctify us in truth, Father. Lord, it is profitable for everything. It has something to say, O oh God, about every inch of thread that makes up the fabric of our existence. And let us, therefore, be people of the book as people of God. Lord, Lord, we thank you for First Timothy and Second Timothy and Titus because we want to do ministry your way, Father. You have raised us up for such a time as this. You have placed us over this piece of redemptive real estate called San Jose, called Santa Clara. You have given us 
gifts and abilities that we each as different as we are and as diverse as we are we fit jointly together as members of the body of Christ so Lord use us for your glory for the good of others and our own growth we pray these things in Jesus name Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with us today here on the program. And if you have questions about today's show, or if you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Keith, then I would encourage you to visit our website, hillsidechurch.org. There you can listen to past sermons and other content from Pastor Keith just by clicking the Sermon Archive tab. And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you, and thanks for listening. Amen.